Everyone, you feeling good this morning? Everybody feeling good? All right, we're getting there. If you saw it during worship, you were here at the very beginning and saw my son bent over, listening to rattle, going like this. He learned that from his mom, okay? During, during worship, that, I just, that's inappropriate, son. You don't do that. Church, Lord have mercy. Uh, his, he's, he's just hyped. It was his, uh, first, it was his fourth birthday. Uh, so we got to celebrate his fourth birthday, which is awesome, this weekend. And um, my mother-in-law is in town. And I'm telling you, it's so awesome. Uh, you know, you hear sometimes stories of mother-in-laws that it just doesn't work. I want to tell you, it's not mother-in-law. It's mother-in-love. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. So glad that you're in town. Just stay forever. All right? Just You can just stay forever. And David can move up here, too. It'll be great. Uh, also, what happened on my, I got to take this moment and celebrate my parents. Uh, yesterday was their 50th wedding anniversary. Way to go. Come on, stand up. Mom, dad, stand up. There you go. Awesome. Listen, you all know on wedding anniversary, just celebrate my mom. My dad had nothing to do with it. She put up. With him, <laughs> no, I listen, I love you both so much. We're so thankful that we have such a wonderful example of people being married and staying together and staying in love. Still, you go on dates still. Way to go. Keep that fire strong. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because it's weird. All right, Mark chapter... <laughs> Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, favorite chapter in the Bible. Mark chapter 5. This is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Come on, let's pray, and we're going to read. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for absolute chain-breaking worship. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for whatever got us in the room. God, I'm praying for every person who maybe walked in here for the first time. Father, I'm praying for every person who's watching online for the first time. God, I'm praying that this moment right here, God, they would hear from you. God, they don't need to hear from a church. They don't need to hear from me. They don't need to hear from a person. They don't need to hear from anybody else but you. And so, God, I pray you would open up all of our ears and open up our hearts and open up our spirits, God, to really grab a hold of who you are. God, if we're dealing right now with feeling like, oh, I don't even know if God is real. Father, I pray this moment, God, you would be realer to that person than the breath that they're breathing at this moment. God, the questions that they have, Father, that you would start answering them. Father, I thank you this morning, God, for how real you are in all of our lives. And Jesus, come on, in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen, amen. I, I, I really, this, this, uh, this message I, I, has been speaking to me, hopefully is speaking to you as we go through this. Mark chapter 5, verse uh, 1. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the re- region of the Gazarenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Not the greeting you want when you're getting out of a boat, okay? That's not what you want. This man lived in the burial caves, could not uh, could, and no one could or could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains, this is important. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves. 
and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. He was hurting himself. Uh, and, and, and just so you know, this, this is what happens when somebody gets in, uh, when somebody uh, comes in contact with evil power. It doesn't help them. It only hurts them. It only, it, it only hurts. I, I, I just want us all to see this. And, and so when we're looking at this, I, I want to talk about this idea. There's more in you than you know. And, uh, you know, you'd look at this guy and you would think, yeah, there's more in him than he knows. This guy's all messed up. And maybe you could think of people, you're like, that sounds like the person I work with. Yeah, this is not the time to go through and talk about all other people. I, I, um, I, was, I was reading this, and here, here's the thing that I, I, I first, uh, and I've talked about this before, uh, this idea of these sh- chains and shackles on this guy and how they thought that was going to help him. But it didn't help him. He only broke out of every single one of them because the truth in life is that physical chains can't fix a spiritual problem, right? And so, so many times we run to these physical answers that we think is going to fix a spiritual problem, whether we're going to, okay, I'm going to break up with this person or I'm going to get out of this relationship or I'm going to go get into this relationship or this is going to make, if I could get more money, this is going to fix me or if I can get a better house or I can get a better bank account or get a better job or maybe I need to get more self-discipline. I really need to get, maybe I'll read this self-help book on how to have peace and how to have find my zen moment in my life and and that's really going to help me maybe i follow this person on instagram and man they're pushing this thing and i just like oh i need that in my life we can go from thing to thing to thing to thing but it's not going to help us if it's a spiritual problem that needs to be fixed it is no chain there's no shackle there's no thing that you think that's going to subdue you and going to fix you into a right per- i'm telling you that chain is not strong enough there are stuff that's going on in your life that will start breaking you and breaking and you'll break out of it you're wondering why man why can't I get this right and every time I get on a diet I'm always like man I gotta eat that donut or I gotta go and where's my self-discipline where's my thing well I'm telling you you're not strong enough in and of yourself to live a life that God has called you come on God you can't live that life by yourself And we get in trouble when we start trying to do God's work on our own. And we try to, and we think, we think the chains are going to change us. They're not powerful enough to do that. And in fact, you just break them on over and over and over again because you can't fix us. Some of you, you're lonely and you're trying to fix that loneliness with a person and you're trying to let that person be God to you. I'm telling you, it's not going to work and you're going to break out of that at some point. You're like, why, why hasn't this ever fixed? Well, it must be the wrong person. I got to get this person. No, no, no. It's not a person that's wrong. It's that you putting a person where God should only be in your life and you're trying to fix something that only God can fix. You're trying to fix a, a, a a spiritual problem with a physical answer and that's why relationships break and that's why your job's not working the right way that's why you can't communicate with your family the way you can because you're trying to fix something that's spiritual with a physical chain and you're wondering why is this not working because chains aren't strong enough you're not strong enough you're not good enough 
You, you can't reach the change that you want by a chain. And every time you back up and you're like, man, I busted this out. Because you got to go do the deep work. You got you to gotta have some spiritual work here. This, this is a spiritual thing. Some of you don't think it's a spiritual thing. You just think, I'm just mad at my boss. There's nothing spiritual about it. I just need to throat punch him and then everything will be fine. No, no, no. There's something spiritual that's bringing up that anger so much. You know, some of you wonder why, man, why am I getting so mad when that person just cut me off? And just, and why is that? There's something deeper down. It's not just bad driving in Oklahoma, okay? It's that, that's not what's going on. There's something deeper there. Why, you know, somebody cut, you know, come on, can you guys just be honest, quit lying in church? Somebody cut you off and you're mad about it for 10 minutes. You're sitting in, in, you're about to rip the steering wheel off. You're like, just, 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 just. there might be something deeper there. Okay? And, 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 and no, amount, no amount of woosah and just, okay, I just need to chill out and just chill. chill. None of that's going to change that. It's a spiritual change that, that, needs, that needs to happen. My, my wife and I, we just, uh, uh, in our, our uh, home, we just uh, got, uh, when we moved in and we were getting everything settled, uh, there started, uh, water started coming up from the floor. And just so you know, if you ever own a home, water coming up from the floor is not a good thing. That's not like, cool, we don't have a water bed, we have a water house. This is awesome. No, 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 it's not good. And, and so we're calling people like, well, how are you going to fix this? And, all, and so they came and, and looked, and we, we didn't know what was wrong, you know, if there's some kind. And he's like, well, I can tell you it's not very good, but you got a slab leak. I'm like, what is that? And anybody who's had a slab leak, you know what I'm talking about. You don't know uh, until you know. And they're like, well, what you got to do is you got to jackhammer into the cement of your house, into the foundation. You got to go about four feet deep. You got to get down in there where that, that uh, pipe is. And then they got to fix the pipe. Then they got to put the cement back down. And then they got to fix the hole. And I'm like, what? You're going to jackhammer my foundation of my house? No, 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 no. Well, that's the only way you fix that. Some of you, God is trying to get into the foundation of your heart to fix some stuff that's pretty deep because you had some abuse in your background and you had some stuff that happened when you were a kid and you had some stuff that went through in a relationship that went bad. You had some stuff and some trust issues and some different things that went on in your life and God is trying to get down to the very bottom so he can fix that. But you got to understand, sometimes God's got to get in there with a jackhammer and just get down into the, it does not feel good, just so you know. That does not feel good. But we've got, we've got to stop trying. Do you know? Come on. There's no amount of paint. There's no amount of towels. There's no amount of furniture that's going to fix that leak. And so many of us, we, treat, we keep trying to put lipstick on a pig, trying to make things look good. And you walk into church, and you're just like, don't I look good? Don't I? And we're like, you're leaking water everywhere. I, you just got stuff everywhere. Come on, let God do the deep work in my heart. Let God do the deep work in your heart. Quit trying to fix your life with chains because you're breaking all these chains, trying to subdue yourself with all your good work and all your stuff. When God's saying, no, I got to get down deep into who you are so I can do the work. That's why we have these groups at church called Freedom Groups, so that you you can learn how to live your life with freedom. 
that you don't have to live your life chained to something for the rest of your life. Some, some of us don't understand. The, the, you just got to let God do the work. I, I was um, talking with uh, my dentist, and uh, we were talking about, I, I asked her a question. I was like, okay, uh, what's this thing about these electric toothbrushes? Because they've had, like, regular toothbrushes for, like, years and years and years. And all of a sudden now, they got, are they really that big of a deal? Or, you know, I'm just like, just move your hand. What's wrong with you? You know, like, and, and, you know, I, and, and she said, no, they're, they're, like, legit. They're, like, really good for you. And I was like, okay. So she's like, but no one really knows how to use them. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, tell me. And, and she was like, well, what people normally do is they take this thing. They turn it on. Here, I'll turn it on. Maybe you can hear it. Can you hear it? Oh, wow. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, it works. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. Um, and so, <laughs> so I, uh, I asked her, I was like, okay, so how do you do it? She goes, well, what you do is um, when you turn it on, see, people, they get this, they turn it on, and then they brush like it's a normal toothbrush. She said, but it's not meant to brush like that. You're supposed to turn it on and you're supposed to let it do the work on each tooth and move it. And some of you are like, this is really good. You're like taking more notes on toothbrush. <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus. And you're like, I just really needed to hear this today. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> whatever, man. Take, take notes. Uh, and so, um, you know, she's like, you go from tooth to tooth to tooth. You just leave it on there. And let it do its work. You don't have to move it up and down. In fact, it works against what it's supposed to do. You're just supposed to leave it there. And she said what most people do is they turn it on, they brush like normal, and then they're just done with 30 seconds. But she goes, that's why it's supposed to have a timer for like two minutes. And you leave it there, and it's the time that does the work. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, this is the same thing we do with God. We try to do all the work but we're supposed to just sit in front of God, open up his word, and let him do the work on us. You don't, some of you, you live your Christian life just ah, 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 for 15 seconds. You're like, good, okay, next thing. When you need a little more time and a little less you, and just let God just work on you. Just, you know, just, just let it, just clean you up. And change you from the inside out. Let let that let this thing do its work. You know, like let Ray Charles this thing. We're gonna let it do what it do, baby. You know, like let 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 this thing work. Cause it does. It will work. Just let let that ha just sit in front of God and let Him do what only He can do. Cause right. Cause a chain can't change you. Let's 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 go on. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm I'm not gonna read through all the scripture. Uh, uh, so Jesus, uh, what he does is he uh, releases this man of all this, all these demons, all this stuff. I'm gonna pick it up in verse. Um, uh, let's see, verse 14. So all the demons have gone, and 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 this is an amazing story. And the herdsmen of the pigs, they they fled to a nearby town, surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened because, because everybody had heard about this guy. Everybody was scared of being in this place. 
A crowd, verse 15, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. That's a lot. He was sitting there, look at this, fully clothed and perfectly sane. Some of you, that's your prayer for your kids right now. Just fully clothed, perfectly sane. That's all I need. <laughs> Don't yell it back there, Lord. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm about to say. All right. Fully clothed, perfectly sane. Look, and then the whole crowd cheered. No. Whole, the whole crowd was what? Afraid. Afraid. And then those who had seen what happened told others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to stay with us forever. To go away and leave them alone. What? The thing you were afraid of forever. The thing that you tried to be chaining up, tried to subdue forever. Now is perfectly healed and whole. And you're scared and you want Jesus to leave. Why? Because I have seen this in my own life through years and years, especially being in ministry, that there, there are a group of people that are more comfortable with your hell than your health. There are more people that are more comfortable with you being in dysfunction than you getting healthy. There are people that are more comfortable with you acting like you have for all the rest of your life, never changing, never moving forward, never being somebody uh, as you're growing in the person that God has called you to be. They want you to stay the same. They want you to live in a small box. They want you to be the person that they've always seen you to be. They're comfortable with your hell, but they're uncomfortable with your heaven. They're uncomfortable with your health. They're uncomfortable with you moving before I'm telling you you've got to understand I don't need those people in my life I don't need to be around those people in my life I don't need to convince those people in my life some of you are running around trying to convince people that you've been changed that you're different that you need to get on board with who I am you are living for those people approval and they will never give it to you because they are more comfortable with your dysfunction than they are comfortable with your growth and some of you are working for people's approval for day after day after year after year. And you're so upset because they will not give you what you need. I'm telling you, you only get that from God. Some of you are running around trying to get approval for people and they'll never give it to you. Because they're more comfortable with your dysfunction than your health. There is, uh, I've talked about this before. This is, this is Watson's little creepy lobster toy. Jess loves it. I think it's so creeps. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, plus, you know, toys find themselves out in the middle of the night. And when you run into this at the middle of the night, when you step on this little jelly little thing with tons of tentacles with your bare foot in the middle of the night, you're about ready to freak out. And I'm like, you know, I go full on into ninja mode at that moment because this thing's just crazy. But uh, I, I've talked about this before at church that um, if you want to uh, want to cook a lobster, one lobster, 
you know, you cook them live. If you put that in the pot, you have to put a, a top over that pot for one lobster because it'll crawl out. But if you put two in, you don't have to put a top on because the, as, as that first one starts climbing up, what does that second one do? Pulls it down. And then that second one tries to get up, and then that other one pulls it down. And they consistently pull themselves down in that pot forever. And, and it's actually talked about in social economic uh, uh, circles, the, the lobster syndrome. When people want to move out of whatever they started in. And sometimes the people around them pull them down. Some of you have people in your life right now that all they are is lobsters to you. They just pull you down. The moment you try to be different, the moment you say, I'm done, I'm done. I, listen, I'm done getting hammered on Saturday night. I'm done going out on the weekends and wasting my check and feeling terrible in the morning. I'm done, I'm done doing that thing. And, and the moment you start saying, I'm done doing that, they keep telling you, who are you, holier than thou? What's wrong with you? You can't ever change. You can't ever be that person. You can't ever do that thing. Some of you are talking to your family, and you're like, I want to live a new life. I want to do a new thing. I want to be a new person. And your family's like, you'll never change. You'll always be like, I've always seen you act like this from the day you were born that's just how you were made I'm telling you what that's a lie from the pit of hell and I'm telling you you got to make sure that you don't have those people around your life yanking on your uh, function as you're trying to get healthy they're pulling you down and saying no you're gonna live in this dysfunction forever because if I'm gonna be here you're gonna be here with me I'm telling you right now those people have no place in your life but you've got to make a decision. I'm not going to have these people pulling me down. I'm not, I'm not going to live my life for the approval of these people that are so comfortable with my dysfunction. How do you know if you have these people in your life? Real quick, I want to read these three things. One, you might have some of these people in your life if they're silent when you succeed and vocal when you fail. If you have people in your life when you succeed, they don't say anything, but when you mess up, they're always there running their mouth. Then you know, I got some lobsters in my life, right? Now, don't tell them to their faith. That's rude, okay? Get out of lobster, you know, that's just, and also weird, okay? Uh, number two, they encourage instead of prove a point. If you got people in your life that you know you need, They'll encourage you instead of always prove a point. What that means is you'll hear a lot more of, I believe in you, instead of I told you so. If you got people in your life that are always saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, let me prove my point. Lobster. Just trying to pull you down because they're comfortable with your dysfunction. Number three, they aren't afraid of your success. You got people that are afraid of you moving forward. You got people that are afraid of you getting that promotion. You got people that are afraid of you with uh, the new house that you got or the thing that God blessed you with or the, or the relationship that you have or why didn't I ever get that guy or why didn't I get that girl? Listen, those aren't the people that you want in your life. You, 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 and, and also, you don't want to be those people in people's lives. 
If you find yourself being jealous and envious of other people, and when they post something on social media, you're like, I wish I had a dislike button. I would love to punk that, you know, like, you don't want to be those people. Because what happens is you start becoming more comfortable with those person and that person's dysfunction. Instead of, come on, let's, come on, church, let's be a church that's encouraging. Let's be a, a, a people that is always ready to celebrate somebody's success. Let's be a people that wants to be around other people when they succeed. And when they fail, we don't snicker and say, I told you so. We say, oh, man, that is not going to be your forever. You've got something in front of you that's going to be all. Come on, that's who God has called us to be. And that's what makes People who follow after Jesus, that's what makes us stand out from other people. Because we live in a world that loves to just pull other people down and are more comfortable with people's dysfunction and people's hell than their health. Read this last piece of scripture, uh, verse 18. As Jesus was getting in the boat, this guy's he's pumped. He's like, I got my life back. And the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you, how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region. And began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. There's a lot more in you than you realize. A man who is filled with demonic activity now is preaching to ten towns. Is, is preaching to so many people who who need to hear about the mercy and grace of God. There's, there's more in you than you realize. And so many times we're easily, we're, it, we're, it's easy to point out our own dysfunction or our own problems. But Jesus is looking at you and saying, you don't understand what's in you. You don't understand who I've made you to be. There's more in you than you realize. And you've got a guy here. And, 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 and let me tell you, here's one of the ways that you start realizing what God has put in you is when you stop trying to get into the boat and go back to the town. This man, when Jesus touched him, he said, what was his first inclination? He begged Jesus to get back in the boat. But what did Jesus say? No, no, no. Go back to your family. Go back to those towns and tell them how merciful God has been to you. Come on, we need to remind ourselves that we've been saved for a city and not a boat. You, you, you have gotten the mercy and grace of God 
for the neighbors that you live by and the people that you work with. Come on. It's easy to start thinking that you got saved so you could get on a boat and have a boat ride. But Jesus didn't save you to get into some kind of yacht and chill out and be like, man, I'm so glad that God saved me. Ha ha and all you other suckers. But I'm in this place right here. As, as much as this guy wanted to go in with Jesus, what did Jesus say? No, go back to where you came from and let them see the mercy and grace of God on your life. There are people that you work with that you aren't going to see in a boat. There are people that you're around right now that you won't see in a boat. There are people that God has brought into your life that you will not see in a boat. Stop trying to go into a boat when God wants you to go into a town. God wants me to go into a town. God wants me to make sure that I'm around people who do not see the grace and the mercy of God. And I don't got to preach a sermon. I just got to let them see my life because I once was like this, but now I'm like this. I once acted like this, but now I'm like this. Why are you so, you're so happy, you used to be depressed. You're so like this, but now God is like that. I'm telling you, God can show mercy and grace for your life in such a way that people will be attracted to him. But we, 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 we think so many times that, well, I just, now that God saved me, it's time for me to get in a boat. What city is God calling you to right now? The people you work with? The people you go to school with? The family members that you have? Some of the friend circles that you have that you're like, they'll never come to church. I got my church friends and I got my other friends. I don't cross match. When God has said, no, no, this is exactly why I saved you. Some of us think that the Christian life is just about making a better boat. Make it come, you know, make it more comfortable. Make it no 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 no. Just don't even get in the boat. Just head back. Right? Let's stand to our feet. We're gonna worship in just a moment. I, I feel like the presence of God in the room just through the whole morning. Um this last piece, uh, I, I just want to encourage us with, because I never actually have seen this before until I was putting this message um, together. It's, it's actually verse 21. Mark chapter 5 says, so Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Okay. Normal scripture. Can you guys put verse 1 back up here? Look at this. So this is verse 1. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gazarenes. So, so let's get the picture straight. This is a huge lake, by the way. It's not like a small little, especially it takes a long time when you're sailing and you don't have an outboard motor, okay? It's a long, long, long way. Jesus gets in the boat. I want you to see the picture. Jesus gets in the boat, goes to the other side, almost a, almost a half of day to a day's journey just to get to the other side, meets one person, changes his life, gets back in the boat, and heads back to where he started. The picture is God will cross 
whatever he needs to cross just to get to you and just to get to me. There is nothing that is in between the love of God between, for us and you and me. I, I'm telling you, I want you to see the mercy and grace of God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've got in your life right now. I don't care who you've been doing whatever with or what's been going on in your mind right now. That lake is not big enough to stop God from coming all the way around just for you. Just for you. As that guy is walking back to those 10 towns, I'm wondering if he's thinking, Jesus crossed that thing just for me? And the truth is, he does that for me, and he does that for you, and he does that for any single person on this planet. Come on, this is the grace of God. This is the mercy of God. Come on, let's close our eyes. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the grace of God would be revealed to us again right now. Your mercy, your love, your goodness that crosses every barrier, that knows no wall, that breaks through every bondage, that will run through hell to get to us. Father, I'm praying right now that, God, we would have a realization of that mercy, that grace. So, God, when we go to the places that we're called to go, God, we, we're just a reflection of your mercy and grace. Nothing more, nothing less just here at this moment, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, come on, watching online right now, you've never made this decision to follow Jesus. You don't need to hear from me. You don't need to get like a membership at a church or anything. I'm, I'm telling you, what you need is the grace and the mercy of God. And some of you maybe have never made this decision before to follow Jesus, or maybe you made it a long time ago, but you feel like you're so far from him. It's like, it's past lakes. It's like tons of lakes. And I want to let you know, he'll cross every single one of them for you. So right here, right now, if that's you, I just want you to put your hand over your heart. We're going to pray in just a moment. Watching online right now, this is your moment to put your hand over your heart. Say, I'm going to rededicate my life to following you. I'm going to make a decision to follow you for the very first time. If that's you, I want you to put your hand over your heart right now. Come on, church. Let's all pray this out loud. You can just repeat this prayer after me. Let everyone hear you. Come on. For those of you who are preaching for the, or, or praying this for the very first time, we're praying that God will do something on the inside of your heart that you couldn't do yourself. Come on. Let's pray out loud. Just repeat these after, words after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, all my mistakes. Give me the grace to follow you with all of my heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven at this moment. Come on, let's lift our word. Has God been good to you? Has God saved you? Has God brought you back from the death? Has the mercy of God...